Good evening, guys. Hey, I'm going to pass around this sign-in sheet. Do me a favor. If you would sign in for me, and if you want the notes from tonight's talk emailed to you tomorrow, uh, put your email address in, and Tracy will email those over to you. So if you don't mind, take this, pass it around, and sign in. Just let us know you're here. Thank you. Hey, Ryan, would you turn off the, the music for me? 
Thank you. He didn't know I was putting him to work tonight. Everybody doing well tonight? Okay. It's good to see you guys. Glad you're here. And uh, our numbers are a little lower than they were last month. That's okay. All the really beautiful people are all here. So don't tell those people that aren't here. Um, no, it's wonderful to see you guys. Really appreciate you coming out tonight. Just as a reminder, uh, we do leadership night the first Wednesday night of every month here in this room. And uh, it is not just for Summit Church. It's for anybody in our community. We just want to build value into our community and add value there. And so if that's something that um, someone you know would like to be a part of, then let them know. And hey, ladies, good to see you tonight. You thought you were going to sneak in and nobody's noticing. And anyway, glad you're here. Uh, so I'm going to open up with a word of prayer, and then we'll jump into our uh, discussion this evening. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness, your grace. Thank you that you brought us together tonight. And God, I just pray you bless our time together. I pray that you make it fruitful. God, open our eyes to, um, to who you've called us to be as leaders in our home, in our workplace, in our communities. And God, I pray that you'd help us to grow our leadership and grow our capacity. So God, I pray that you'd just minister in us today and help us to grow in you, in your name. Amen. Um, so tonight, I uh, just want to let you know, we are going to be talking about uh, self-leadership, which sounds like such a Dr. Oz, uh, you know, um, Oprah Winfrey thing to say, you got to lead yourself well. But so many times we endeavor to lead others well or lead an organization well, but the truth is we don't lead ourselves well. And, um, and so we could talk about, uh, we could talk about things like characteristics or things you need to be to, to lead yourself well. But, um, but let's be honest, we could go through those pretty quickly. You know, character, honesty, um, you know, self-awareness. There's a whole bunch of things that we could talk about. So I want to talk a little bit more about some just practices, if that's okay. And then here in a minute, we will, um, we'll, we'll get to some Q&A and talk through some of this stuff together. Um, if you are in an organization of any kind, that's growing, it is going to be stressful. And uh, the good news is there's growing stress, which is good stress, and there's shrinking stress, which is bad stress. So you're going to have stress in an organization, uh, and if it's a growing organization, the good news is it's, it should be good stress. But it's still stress no matter what it is. You still feel that pressure. Uh, part of the pressure is we have to grow ahead of the organization that we're leading, whether it's a department, whether it's you're the CEO, you have to grow ahead of that. And so uh, for us, that comes with challenges, um, that, that comes with stress, that comes with pressures. And um, one of the things I've realized is um, in church context, people, people that are lead pastors that are on stages every Sunday, they typically don't lose their ministry or lose their position because they're bad at the stage. They usually lose their position because they're bad at life. So life stuff has messed up their stage stuff. Um, and the same thing is true in the corporate world as well. There's lots of CEOs that they performed well, their businesses looked good, but they had uh, things going on in their lives that they didn't manage stress well, pressure well, whatever it is, and they fell apart from the inside out. Uh, maybe there's a crisis in their organization that they didn't lead well through that, and as a result, it just led to unhealth. So. What we see is even in businesses, it's 
the bottom line isn't always the bottom line. It's not just about where the earnings up. Um, it's about guarding our own health and guarding our, our hearts in a lot of ways. Um, we hear a lot, and I'm sure you do too, about balance and talk about, well, leadership, we need to be balanced. And I want you to know there, there is no balance in leadership. If you are a leader, you're going to lead in an unbalanced way. Hey, guys. Uh, but just understand this. Balance isn't the goal. Because if balance is the goal, you're, you're always going to be frustrated. Health is the goal. So you're going to have crazy busy seasons in your organization, seasons where it feels like you don't have a spare minute. And there's going to be seasons that aren't quite as crazy as that. It's not going to be slow. Um, but what you've got to do is learn how to manage your health through the stress. How do I manage my heart? How do I manage myself? Um, and so life has rhythms to it. And some of the seasons, like I said, are busier than others. And you just got to figure out uh, how to maintain health during those seasons, during those rhythms. Um, so basically, we stay healthy through self-leadership. Uh, how do we lead ourselves well? Bill Hybels, um, he led a uh, church in Chicago for years and years and years. He had some issues at the end of his ministry, but he had lots of, lots of really good things that he did during the course of his ministry. And he said 50% of leaders' time should be spent on self-leadership. Um, another guy named Kerry Newoff, if you don't listen to the Kerry Newoff Leadership Podcast, I would encourage you to do that. Um, it's church context, but there's great content in it. Uh, but Kerry Newoff says this, work twice as hard on your character as you do your competency. And I know from, uh, from a pastor's perspective, lots of pastors will work on what's visible. So they'll work on the sermon, you know, but they won't work on their own heart and their own character. So imagine in your context, it's easy to work on the things that are visible, but sometimes we don't work on the things that are unseen, the things that are going on in our hearts. So this is, that's really what we're talking about tonight for a few minutes. And this is going to be a shorter talk. We're not going to go 30 or 35 tonight, probably, unless I just get crazy. So I want to talk to you tonight, five rules of self-leadership. So if you're taking notes, you can write this down. If you just want to trust me and get notes later, you can do that as well. So five rules for self-leadership. Uh, the first one is this. Make decisions ahead of time. Um, one of the problems we have is that um, we feel pressure because we make decisions at the last minute. We don't think ahead. Uh, we're not planning well. And so as a result, we don't leave ourselves any margin at all in the moment. And as a result of that, we make some bad decisions and we feel pressure, undue stress. And it's what we put on ourselves because we have planned badly. So I'm not just talking about in the context of your job, but really the key to any good discipline in your life is advanced decision-making. Um, that's why you see those healthy people. Don't you hate those healthy people who are always like working out and they're carrying like a gallon of water around with them all the time. And they'll, they'll take an Instagram picture of their meal prep and it's all broccoli and, and, and uh, like grilled chicken, right? And you see that and it's you, isn't it, Mark Gaywell? I knew it. But you see those people and you're like, oh my gosh, nerd. Like, right, you nerd, these people are, but they're planning. The reason I eat Taco Bell is not because I planned it out. I'm like, you know what I'm going to do Tuesday for lunch? I'm going to go to Taco Bell. No. Taco Bell was like, I didn't eat anything today. It's 2 o'clock and I'm so hungry. I guess I'll eat Taco Bell, right? I wasn't advanced planning. Uh, and as a result, I ate Taco Bell. And so we do the same thing in all areas of our lives. We don't plan well. We don't think ahead. And as a result, we settle for something less. And then we wonder why so many of our decisions are are subpar. We wonder why um, we've got problems in our own life 
Um, and it's because we haven't stopped and really planned through. If I asked you what your priorities are in life, uh, probably everybody in the room would say um, health, you know, spiritual, physical, emotional health, my family, my job, my, you know, you would name some things. And probably most of us would have the same things. But then if I asked, how are you working to achieve that? Most of us wouldn't have a good answer. Most of us would be like, well, I'm not sure. And it's because we haven't done the advanced planning. We haven't said, what is this going to look like in my life? And so just as silly as it is for us to think that we're going to just fall into good health when actually we're eating Taco Bell, that's what we do in our personal lives as well. We don't lead ourselves well because we're not planning ahead. We're not meal prepping. And as a result, we're eating Taco Bell emotionally, physically, spiritually, whatever it might be. And so one of the things we have to do is say, hey, what are the main things that I want to do with my life? Whether it's in my job, or my family, or my faith, or my health, or whatever it is, what are the things that I'm going to prioritize in my own personal life? And then we have to say, what am I doing to get to those priorities? What am I doing to make sure those main things stay the main things? Because if we're not having that conversation with ourselves, we're going to end up, end up eating Taco Bell. Does that make sense to you guys? Are you following me? Um, so that's the first thing I would ask myself. What are the main things that I want to do with my life? What are my main priorities? And then the second question I would ask myself is this. Uh, what, are the other, what are the things that rob my attention from the main things? What are the things that are pulling me away from the most important things in my life? Um, because I promise there are things in your life, and, and let me help you with this too. They're not bad things. So I've told people in my life, I don't have to make decisions between should I do a good thing or a bad thing. I don't have to go, should I... Should I prep for a message or should I strangle someone to death? Like, sometimes I do that, actually. I'm like, somebody needs it. Anyway, but we don't have to do that, right? Well, what are we doing, though? We're going, should I, should I prep for my message or should I go help this person do blah, 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 whatever it might be? So I'm picking between good things and good things. And so the problem is we pick the wrong good things a lot of times in our lives. And so what we do whenever we prioritize is it helps us decide what are the right good things that I should be doing. What are the things that should be first in my life? Now, that doesn't mean if your family is first that you quit your job and stay home. But what it means is it helps bring order to your life. It helps bring order to where you're going to invest your time, where you're going to invest in your energy. Um, Another thing, I would, the third thing I would ask you in, the, in this column would be this. Uh, how do I build the main thing in and rearrange the other things? So how do I build the main things into my life? How do I bake this in where this is just part of who I am and what I do? And then how do I rearrange the other stuff around it? So when you look at your schedule, when you look at your checking account, when you look at uh, where you're investing yourself, where does it say you're investing yourself? And... If it's not where you want to be, that's where you rearrange some stuff. You go, okay, well, how do I reprioritize? How do I redirect my time, my energy, my, my finances to reflect what I really want to value in this life? Um, and, and in your job and in your workplace, this is where we would talk about delegation, where you delegate people and raise people up and you know, give them authority, and we won't get into all that tonight. But there's a lot of delegation that comes to... Um, to self-leadership. If I can lead myself well and lead my heart well, sometimes that means I'm going to lay some things down that I don't just walk away from. Somebody else needs to pick up. Somebody else needs to be doing this, but maybe it's just not me. So those are the three questions I would ask you um, as far as advanced decision-making. What are the main things that I want to do with my life? What are the other things that rob my attention from the main things? And how do I build the main things in and rearrange other things? Um, the second thing is this. They're not all going to be that long, so don't get scared. The second thing is this. Manage your day. 
Um, this sounds really simple. Um, the very first thing I look at every day, I look at my calendar. First thing I do when I wake up, it's not very spiritual. I know your pastor. I'm supposed to wake up at 5 a.m. and pray and all that stuff. I don't. Very first thing I do is look at my calendar. I'll look at my calendar. What do I have for my day? Uh, what do I have coming up? What do I have going on? And it helps me prepare because in my mind I can go, okay, well, I've got this. and I can, I've got time here for and I can, I can begin to prioritize my day. Um, and this is where I would say manage your day. So you ask yourself, what is going to be a part of my day today? And it's not just what is happening to me, but what am I actively doing? What am I engaged in? What do I want to be a part of my day today? Uh, and again, depending on your role in a company, um, if you're the boss and the CEO, that's going to look a little different than if you are the person on the assembly line punching the widgets, right? So it's going to look different, but in some ways you get to decide what does my day look like today? How am I going to manage this day today? Um, Oh, you know what? I've got a note here. We'll come back to that at the end. So ask yourself, what is this going to look like? What am I going to do? And it's amazing how doing something that simple, looking at and arranging your day in your own mind will help you get ready for it. Because I know people and you know people that they get up, they start their day, and then their day happens to them all day long. And that's just what it looks like. And then at the end of their day, they're frustrated because they go, what did I do today? Did I accomplish anything today? And then, um, ladies, if, if you happen to be a stay-at-home mom, which is, by the way, the hardest job in the world, if you're a stay-at-home mom and your husband comes in and he has the audacity to say, are you still in your pajamas? What did you do all day? Just so you know, if you kill him, the judge will let you off. It's justifiable <laughs> homicide. So, uh, but let's be honest. If you work in an office, the same thing can happen to you. The same thing happens to us, right? Our day happens to us at the end of the day. We go, what in the world happened? And part of it is because we didn't start by managing our day well and looking at our day and going, okay, what are we doing? What do I need to be doing? What do I want to be doing? What, what has to happen? And that takes us to this next point. Number three, prioritize. Um, what's the most important thing on your list? So when you look at your schedule for the day, prioritize. Now, I want to give you a very practical way to prioritize, okay? Um, so again, you might not be taking notes. You want to write this down. There's three ways you can prioritize your day, in my opinion. I stole this from a friend of mine. He, and he said this. Number one, uh, it's A, is important and urgent. If it's both important and urgent, it's an A priority. I've got to do this. B, is important but not urgent. And then C, is urgent but not important. And if, if you would, just like if you look at your check ledger, does anybody still keep a check ledger? If you look at your spending online of your debit account, whatever you want to do. So if, if you look at your check ledger of all the places you've spent money this month, um, you are, you're going to get a pretty good idea of how you did and where you spent, that kind of thing. If you did the same thing with your time and you went back over the last two weeks and you looked at all the places you spent time and the things you spent time doing and you began to assign this A, B, or C to those time slots, uh, was this important and urgent? Was this important but not urgent? Was this urgent but not important? I think you'd be surprised at how many times you put C on things that you went, it's urgent but it's not important. And we get sidetracked on things that we go, oh, this is really urgent, like I need to do this. But what happens is we bury the things that are urgent and important for the things that are just urgent many times. Or the things that are important, but maybe they don't have a deadline right now. We go, oh, I'll put it off, I'll put it off, I'll put it off. Until now the deadline is bearing down on us and now we wonder why we only did it halfway. It's because 
we were doing the urgent thing instead of the urgent and important thing. Uh, and so in a practical way, some of our staff even have, um, have done this practice where they'll look at their schedule and they will mark it down on their schedule and go, okay, this is, yeah, and this is just a way to go, okay, my day is filled with C things and it shouldn't be. So yeah, I probably shouldn't be spending two hours on Facebook. Is that important to be connecting with people? Yeah, depending on your job, it's probably important. Is it important that you're on Facebook for two hours in the middle of the day? Probably not. So, you know, let's replace the urgent with, does that make sense? Um, because again, it's so easy to fall into that. Um, we'll get into a little bit more of that idea here in just a second. Fourth thing is this, triage. Triage, and this just means uh, you choose what lives and what dies. And unfortunately, uh, for many of us, we have a hard time putting things to death on our schedule, on our calendar. Uh, and the bigger your organization is, the more demands there are on your time, the more, um, gosh, this is not going to sound very godly, but the more you have to kill some relationships even and go, hey, I just don't have time to invest in this relationship the way I wish I could. So I've got I've to kill some of that even. And so you've got to decide what lives and dies. You get to prioritize. So in your personal schedule, uh, maybe, it's, um, maybe it's every Thursday night you go out with the girls and have a girls' night. Is there anything wrong with that? No. But once you have a family and kids and ball games and things like that, you might have to go, hey, for the sake of my family who I'm prioritizing, I'm going to set aside this thing that's a good thing for the thing that's the best thing for my family or whatever it might be. So there might be some things you kill that aren't bad things. They're good things, but you have to decide what lives and dies. So that is, again, much easier said than done. Uh, you almost have to be ruthless about this. And just really look at the big picture and go, what's, what's going to be important for me and my health? What's going to be important for me and my long-term success? What's good for me and my heart? And, and those are the things I'm going to prioritize. So you get to choose what lives and dies. Um, and the truth is you're not a victim to your schedule. Because um, if you ask anybody, how are you doing? They're going to go, I'm busy. I'm busy. Everybody you know is busy. Uh, and if there's college students in the room, I don't want you to feel bad. But college students think they're busy. Did you know that? Like, they got classes three days a week, and they think they're busy. It's like, well, yeah, it's okay for you to think that, but, like, I work a job, and I got kids, and I got a mortgage, and I got, right? Like, I couldn't choose to come to work today or not. I had to come to work, and anyway. Um, but we all think we're busy, and we think we're victims of our schedule many times, but we're not. We get to choose what lives and dies. We get to triage and go, okay, this one's going to make it. This one's not going to make it. This one's more important. I'm going to move this direction. So triage, the fifth thing is this. Uh, and maybe this is the hardest in some ways, manage interruptions. Throughout your day, there will be interruptions. I don't care what you do, there will be interruptions. Um, if, uh, if you are creative and all you are doing is, is creating video or web content by yourself in a, in a dark hole somewhere, uh, separated from all human life, there will still be interruptions for you. It is still going to happen. People will find you somehow. And so what you have to do is learn how to manage those interruptions. Because if not, again, I've got people on my staff that, that battle this, um, that if, if we don't, again, we're going to get to the end of the day and go, what in the world did I do all day? And well, I had this conversation, I had to email this, I checked this, I ran here, and before you know it, we're done. And so how do we manage uh, interruptions well? Well, uh, we look at things like emails, phone calls, and social media. Uh, for things like that, I will tell you that... Um, that I, I don't have that stuff up all day long. Because if I do, 
I will be a slave to that Bing! email. I'm like, oh, what email? Oh, I better respond to that, right? And it's because I'm responding to an urgent, but not an urgent and important. Um, and so what I do is I will usually check emails at the beginning of the, my morning and at the end of my day. So first thing in the morning, I'll check emails. At the end of the day, I'll check my emails. I'll respond to what I need to respond to. But if I don't, I'm going to do that all day long. I'll tell you this too. Here at Summit, um, we've got a policy that um, we approve checks or all spending on Wednesday. And that's the only day that I'll, I'll do that because I know me, and if I didn't, Every time a spending request would come in from anybody in our staff, I'd look at it in that moment and go, okay, go ahead. And so that would be all week, literally all week long, I would look at that stuff. So I had a staff member this last week that came to me and was like, oh, I forgot about, can I get? And it was, um, yeah, it was Thursday of last week. And I said, nah, I'm sorry, it's got to be by Wednesday. It's like, oh, I really need it, and here's why. And I told him, I said, here's your one get out of jail free card. Like, this is the only time. Do you want to use it right now? Or, or do you want to save it? Because I'll give you one. And he said, uh, he literally thought about, uh, now I need it. Let's go ahead and do it. I'm like, all right, that's it. And I said, here's why I do that. I'm a jerk about this. But the reason I do that is if I don't, then my schedule is going to be crazy. Every day I'm going to be looking at spending requests throughout the day. So I can't do it. So I just tell them, this is when it's going to happen. This is what it's going to look like. And so I, ha I have to actively manage those kind of things or it's going to get out of hand. Um, phone calls, you can't do anything about that. You know, when you get a phone call, um, one of the things I would tell you is this, though. Uh, identify your most productive time of the day and put your do not disturb on your phone during that time, if you can. Um, so figure out, man, you know what? After lunch, uh, from 1 to 3, you know, you get that lunch hangover where you get, can't even keep your eyes open. Don't do important work there. Because you're not going to be engaged. Do your light lifting. Do your easy stuff. Maybe you return emails there where you can, okay, I'm going to get on, I'm going to return emails for an hour and be done with this. Um, but if your most productive time of the day is 10 to noon, block it off. Don't give 10 to noon to somebody in your church or, I mean, somebody in your, on your team that's just going to suck the life out of you. Use your most productive times for your most important thing. Um, and you might not like this, but I'm going to go ahead and say this. Maybe it's important for you to start earlier. Uh, and sometimes you can't because you get to get kids to school and run and things like that. But um, some of our staff, well, we got flexible hours here, so some of our staff will get here at 7.15 and start their day. And that's cool with me. I don't have a problem with that at all. But they love 7.15 to 9 a.m. because there aren't any interruptions. People aren't around. So they get a ton of work done from 7.15 to 9 a.m. And then with us, you know, they leave earlier because they came in earlier. And so maybe for you, you're used to going in at 9 a.m., but maybe it'd be better if you were there at 8 a.m. You roll in there at 8, you have an hour to be productive, whatever it might be. So what, what you need to do is just look at your day and look at your schedule and go, when is my pro most productive time, and am I giving my most productive time to the most valuable things? And if I'm not, then something needs to shift. Um, I know for me, you know, something that's important that I do is like sermon prep. And if I'm doing sermon prep at 2 p.m., it's going to stink because I want to lay under my desk and take a nap at 2 p.m. every day. So if that's when I'm doing it, it's going to be the least productive for me. Um, so I make sure my schedule is, it fits uh, my productivity. Um, what else? Oh, control access. Um, again, when you limit when you're checking emails, when you limit um, your, when you're on social media, all those kind of things through your workday, what you're really doing is you're limiting access. You're limiting access for people to get to you and distract you from what you need to be doing. And again, maybe this stuff is part of your work, which is fine, but man, 
let's be honest, can't we get on Facebook and go down the, the rabbit hole and we disappear two hours later? We're like, oh my gosh, I've been on Instagram for two hours. What have I been doing? It's so easy to do. So that's where we just limit access and control the access. And I would even say it this way for us, um, you know, you can say, I'm only going to check emails first thing and later in the day, but what you can't control is people popping into your office. Um, and depending on your work environment, maybe it's very common for people just to poke their head in, hey, what are you doing? And they want to catch up and, hey, how's the family? And all that stuff is fine. It's good. It's important. But that's still an interruption for your day. It still steals your time from, from what you could be doing. Um, and so I would tell you this. Same thing you do for emails and social media, you control access. You can still control access with those human beings. One of the most important things you can do is uh, publicly communicate your schedule. Now, now this don't be, a, don't be uh, obnoxious about it. You don't you know, send an email blast out to everybody on, on your company and say, leave me alone between this time and this time. But you can make it clear to the people you work with, hey, you know what, man, it's really important to me that I, I, need, I need this block of time to get this thing done. And so if you need me, I'm available, but I just want to let you know I'm, I really need to prioritize this. Um, that helps. So for me, my staff knows on Tuesday is usually my sermon prep day. So that's the day I don't schedule any appointments at all. I'm not going to see a human being. Normally on Tuesdays, I'm going to wear a ball cap into the office and a t-shirt and blue jeans. I'm, I'm dressing comfy because I don't have any appointments. And I'm going to come in, and I'm going to usually get here pretty early. I'm going to plow through as, much, as many messages as I can. I try to work ahead. And that's all I'm going to do on Tuesday. And my door is closed and my blinds are open. And so my staff knows if my door's closed and my blinds are open, I, they can come talk to me. And hey, do you have a minute? Sure, come on in. But they also know if my door's closed and my blinds are closed, leave me alone. Pretend like I'm not here because I'm, it's really important. And so my staff knows, hey, Tuesdays are out. Oh, hey, can we, I need to visit with you. Can we talk later today? Oh, I'll just talk to you tomorrow. Oh, no, I forgot Tuesday's your, so how about Wednesday? Like they just know now that's what my schedule looks like. Maybe you don't have the ability to do that because you're not the boss or the CEO or the whatever it might be. But you can still communicate what your schedule looks like. Hey, you know, I'm going to be here a little early. i got to get this done. Um, hey, I, I get, I'm only going to be checking emails at this time and this time. I don't want to be distracted. So if I don't get back to you till 5, that's why. I mean, there's some things like that you can do to communicate uh, what your schedule is going to look like. Uh, along with that, I think you can communicate expectations and boundaries as well. Um, when somebody shows up to your office or pops into your cubicle or whatever it might be, coworker, guest, whatever it is, uh, there's some subtle things you can do to, to help give them the message that maybe you don't have a lot of time. The first thing is not so subtle. You can say, oh, I'm so glad you popped in. Thank you for stopping by. I don't have much time. I'm trying to, but man, I'm glad you're here. Man, I've, I've got two minutes because I've really got to get back to this. But So if you communicate that, uh, that helps them understand. It's a verbal cue. Uh, another thing you can do is uh, a lot of you guys go to my church, so I feel bad about this. If you come in my office and, and we don't have a, an appointment, if I don't have very much time, I'm going to say, hey, I don't have a whole lot of time, but I'm glad you stopped by. What's going on? Well, da 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 da, -da. And you're going to know I'm not having a lot of time because I'm not going to sit down. Because if I sit down, that invites you to sit down. And now we're going to be here a while. Um, another thing I do is maybe they don't even make it to my office. If, if our receptionist says, hey, so-and-so's here, I'm going to meet them in the lobby. And uh, man, I didn't have much time, but I wanted to come out and say hi to you and see how you're doing. What's going on? And we're going to stand in the lobby and have that conversation. So there's some things like that that you can do. Maybe it's at the end of the conversation or somebody's stealing your time. Um, a great cue is, you know, you try to wi wind it up and wind it down. You're wrapping things up. 
stand up. Just stand up. And I'm like, all right, man, thanks so much for coming by. I appreciate it. I have had somebody recently that I did that to. No clue. <laughs> so awkward. We were sitting there talking, and it was like 30 minutes longer than it probably should have. And it was like, all right. And I was like, well, I'm so glad you stopped by. And I stood up and stood there, and they just sat on my couch and continued to talk. So we had this conversation like this way. So then I just kept taking steps toward the door. Like, well, yeah, I get it. I get it and stuff. All right. Well, okay. You know, that kind of language. And so finally I just said, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I just, I got some stuff I've got to finish up. I really do appreciate your stuff. I'm like, oh, thanks. And they left. But sometimes people steal our time and we're frustrated. But the problem is we didn't communicate that they were stealing our time. And you don't have to say, don't you know you're making me... Uh, giving me problems. Don't you know you're causing me issues? You can say, though, hey, I want to communicate boundaries. I want to communicate expectations. Um, and this is the thing, guys. If you don't manage your schedule, someone else will. I promise. Someone else will fill up your calendar for you if you don't fill it up. So prioritize your schedule. Prioritize your energy. Prioritize your time. And you will be a healthier leader. Your heart's going to be healthier. Um, do the things you love if you can. Uh, and not just do the things that you need to do. One of the things that was great for me, oh, I'm telling, I'm telling again, people in our church this. Uh, one of the things that was good for me is when I stopped taking appointments with everybody in our church. Because for a while, it was like, well, I'm the pastor. I got to see everybody in our church. And everybody, they would make an appointment. They'd come in and be like, you've never even been to our church. And why am I having a conversation with you, right? And it sounds like I'm being a jerk, but it's like I'm giving time to somebody who doesn't even like our church. And why am I having this conversation? And so when I got with my assistant and she said, hey, let's change how we make appointments. And here's some rules for what this looks like. And if they call in and say this, they, you know they talk to me, put them on the calendar. If they call in, you know, ask them what they need because probably they don't need what, what I'm, like they might call in and go, hey, I need to know more about mission trips. And, you know, let me talk to Mel. Okay. And they come in and sit down with me and go, tell me more about mission trips. I don't have any clue about mission trips. You should have made a, you should have talked to Steph, right? Or, hey, what do you do about? Well, no, like we got people. So just having my assistant empowered to say, okay, not everybody who calls in needs to make an appointment. So even doing that has freed up my schedule so much that I'm meeting with people almost, almost exclusively that I want to meet with. People that I'm able to say, hey, these people have kingdom potential. They've got growth potential. I want to invest in them. So, you know, instead of giving 80% of my time to the bottom 20% of, of producers, I'm giving 80% of my time to the, the top producers. And so I would encourage you to do the same thing. Don't let other people manage your schedule for you. You manage it well. Um, with that said, let me give you a couple of tools that we use here, a couple of apps, and you might be familiar with these. And if so, that's great. If not, these are just tools that we use here with our staff that might be helpful for you. Um, there's a great communication app called Slack. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, it really is a wonderful tool. I love it so much. Uh, it has replaced a lot of inner office communication and it's streamlined things so much. And, uh, and so for us, it's just so much easier to communicate. And now we're not checking emails, we're not texting or trying to make sure did everybody get. It's just an easy way for everybody to communicate together. Um, and I believe it's, I believe the base level's free. There's levels you can pay for, but, um, but Slack is a great tool to use, even for small teams. If you've got a team of three or four, it's a great, it's, it would be a great tool to use. Uh, another uh, productivity tool that we use, and I say we loosely because I do not. I pulled the boss card. I'm like, no, I'm not using ClickUp. So there's a tool called ClickUp. It's, it's for, um, 
project management. It's for uh, teams to use together. They can assign roles and go, hey, we got this conference coming up. We need you to help with this. We need you to, and so you can assign roles to people. And it just helps everybody be on the same page. And you can see what's been done, what hasn't been done, what needs to be accomplished. Uh, and so that's a great productivity tool for teams. Uh, personally, uh, Evernote is a great tool for me. Uh, I use it all the, I'm literally using it right now. Um, but I use it all the time. I use it for prepping messages, for uh, creative stuff with our team. So with our creative team, we'll talk through, hey, I'm going to put my, all my sermons for 2020 in Evernote and give you access to it. And you give feedback and you can look at what we're doing. So it's just an easy tool for us to use in that way. Uh, there's also another uh, productivity app called uh, Minute. And um, it syncs up with your calendar and helps create agendas for your meetings if you'd like. It can help create follow-up uh, items as well. Um, and so I believe that one's free as well, but it's a great tool, especially if you're using agendas and meetings. It makes it really simple. Uh, so those are just a few tools that we use around here. So with all that said, uh, let's open it up and let's just talk a little bit about, um, about self-leadership tonight. Any questions or thoughts or feedback or comments? about anything we talked about this evening. Yeah. Here you go, Emily. Um, so as far as, like, the priority part about important, urgent, stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, how do you know, like, I assume there is some objectivity to, like, urgent, important, but I struggle with, like, what's important. Is it to me or just to my family or? I think it probably depends on your context because, again, in a, Maybe in an organization, in a business, important might be what's important to my boss, what's important to my supervisor, uh, because what's important to you might be different than what's important to your supervisor. Uh, in your family, you know, all those things, it looks a little different. But I think, um, you know, let me just give you an example. Urgent might be, I got an email from somebody, and they, they want an answer to this right now, but it's like, well, you don't need an answer to this right now, and I could take the time to respond, but the truth is, it's going to take time away from something. Does that make sense? So there, it, it might seem important to that person, but for you, is it important for your job? Is it important for your family? Whatever the context is, I would look at that. Uh, I'll, I'll open. Anybody have thoughts on that? Anybody want to give feedback? Does that answer your question at all? Kind of. Pretty vague. Especially with, like, family relationships and yeah. work and family. Yeah. And, like, how do you know when to kind of live up to what you're not doing? Yeah. Yeah. Like, is that urgent? Yeah. Well, and this this is something I've told our staff. Um, very rarely is a crisis that somebody comes to us with an actual crisis, if that makes sense. It, it definitely is a crisis to them, but typically, um, they're going to call on a Friday night or a Saturday and go, "This is my crisis." And the truth is, this crisis has been brewing for a while. And so, like with Pastor Dick, our associate pastor, I've had to tell him, don't rush over there on a Saturday just because they said it's a crisis. It will probably still be there on Monday. So tell them, hey, let's talk about it on Monday. Hey, let's talk about it on Sunday at church. And so, again, some of it comes back to just the discernment to be able to go, okay, is this really important or is this, this, just, this just seem important? Um, you know, does it really have big value or is this just, again, urgent in this moment? Like, this is a big deal. I don't know. And I don't know if that's a clear line. Sean, did you want to say something? Here, would you pass that back? I think partly to answer your question, 
many people think of their schedule in terms of a day or a week. Sometimes you can move important things to next week so you can put more time with them so you can put other important things on this week. Um, so you know, as you're trying to balance family and life and work, like sometimes you can move things around in a week or a month to make thing more time rather than a little time every week or something. DJ, did you have a thought on that? Yeah. Would you pass that over to the floor? My context might not be the same as yours, but like uh, my, my boss, it, he lives and breathes his work. And so when I started working for him, like he would bug me all the time, like 8 p.m. at night. Hey, have you, can you do this with a little? And it was just driving me nuts. And so I had to like make really, really hard boundaries between work and wife and family and TJ time. Um, and like the, I had to train Luke to like not bug me on Saturdays. Like to the point where like, I'm gonna ignore your texts. I'm not gonna pick up the phone. You talk a pretty big game when Luke's not here, you know that? I, so <laughs> I, I, I struggle between, hey, you missed, the, you missed it, I would you listen to the podcast, but right. I talk about it all the time, so I don't wanna tell. Anyway, that's not here nor there, but. Um, and at the risk of you know, other relationships, I do the same thing with my wife. Like, you know, talking to your spouse is really, really important, but I'm at work. Like, can this wait till like 5 p.m.? Like just two hours? Yeah. If the answer is no, sure, okay, we'll deal with it. But like, I'm trying to mow a lawn right now. Like, but the engine's really loud. I can't hear you anyway. Just like, and so I'm, I'm. I guess I'm talking too much. But like, I had to compartmentalize the different aspects and things are important here. And then when five o'clock hits, it's no longer important at all. And it's not. It's not urgent either. And so that's that's what I've had to do. I don't know if it's the same for, if that helps you at all. But that's what I've had to do. Well, and, and you, I think you, you, I don't know if you said the word boundaries, but yeah. I mean, but yeah, it's, I think it's about establishing healthy boundaries and, and understanding like, okay, here's where this falls in my life and importance value. I don't know. Did any of us, we all tried. I don't think any of us answered it. We all just blew that up. Okay. Okay. Thought, yeah, Sam. Hi, I have a question. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so the nature like of my job in general is like very sporadic. I don't have like a nine to five. It's mm -hmm. freelance. So it's kind of like feast or famine things come as my clients ask me. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been having like a hard time with like that same thing. He'll be like emailing me at eight o'clock at night. And it's yeah. like, it's almost like whoever gets to this email first gets it is he has yeah. multiple different writers. So yep. part of me is like, it's eight o'clock at night on a Friday and I'm like, this is money, but also don't really feel like writing tomorrow. So how do you learn how to like discern, I guess, when to say yes to certain things? Anybody want to give some feedback to that? <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. We're all thinking that, go ahead, Christy. Yeah, I mean, my advice is gonna be kind of along the lines of that. So with my job, I can control what I make and so I have to set goals each month and once I hit that, or if I have, you know, I plan out what I'm going to do for the whole month. And if something extra comes along, I have to weigh it. Would I rather do that now and have the free time next month? Or I've already hit my goal. I know my plan. And I'm going to stick with that because I think it's really easy to overwork yourself whenever work is always rolling in and you mm -hmm. have the option of taking it. Yeah, go ahead, Sue. I, I think I will say something to that as well. Yeah. If it's going to take time away from what you've prioritized as important, then I think that's huge, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm in the corporate world, I have to manage up, but then I have to manage down. So 
you know, it's when you're talking, I have to manage up three levels sometimes, but it's, I have to also say, this is my time, this is my family time, and nothing can take that place. But I also understand, and that's where it is a little tougher in your position because you eat what you kill. <coughs> and so maybe because you prioritize your family, it means I'm not giving them the time and I am going to work because I prioritize my family. And part of prioritizing my family means I'm paying my bills this month. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, so at the end of the day, that's something you got to look at. And I think, you know, when you're in a position like Sue or, you know, something like that, it might look a little different. Or Christy where it's like, okay. And, and what Christy said I really liked because for you, maybe you go, hey, um, for me, I want to earn this much in a month in order to take some of the stress off or whatever it is. But once I get to that, then the priority it flips. And I go, okay, I want to do this much, but, you know, at that point, then it, it, the importance changes. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, yeah, good feedback, guys. What other questions, comments? Yeah. There you go. So my question is, it's like along the lines of this, I take a lot of this content and I try to teach it to the leaders on my team. Mm -hmm. And whenever you said about like the triage part of you choose what lives and what dies, I constantly hear I'm busy from everyone. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I know I'm busy, like I'm busy too. But as soon as they say I'm busy, I like put up a wall and I'm like, all right, well then everything I say from here on out, you're just going to pick and choose what you want to hear. Mm -hmm. And so I w would love a, a healthy response to them for whenever they they're saying they're busy because I want to empathize with them because I get it, but also you chose this. So yeah. what can we do to move forward? Well, I'll tell you this, like in what you're doing, um, I mean, it goes back to what we talked about at the beginning. Like, hey, we have to prioritize our lives. We have to figure out what's really important to us. And a lot of the people that are doing what you're doing, they did it because they said, hey, I want a greater level of freedom in my finances or I want to be able to stay home with my kids or whatever it is. And so when they, when they come back with, I'm too busy to whatever it is you might be asking them to do or be a part of, that's, that's where maybe you would, could use some of that language and go, well, hey, I know one of the reasons you started this was so that you could have more free time, so you could have more flexibility, whatever it might be, you know, and tap into some of that. Well, are you busy doing the right things? Or are you busy doing the things, you know? Well, but... Here, let me have that. We got people listening to this later. We want to make sure they hear. Okay. Is that the type of person you want to work with is what I would yep. think. Absolutely. Whenever I have a uh, headache. So I also pastor a church. Therefore, anybody that does anything for me does it for free. So, mm -hmm. like, I have to deal with that too. But if I have, uh, like, I would label that person as a problematic person anyway. And that, that's not who I want to get to do it because they're not doing it because they want to. They're doing it because they feel like they have to or because they think they can manipulate me then, you know, you know what I mean? So I don't want that kind of person. I want, like, Holly, who's over there, who will do, like, die for me tomorrow if necessary. Uh, Would you know? die for him tomorrow, Holly? <laughs> that sounds like a no to me. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's great. And I think... Part of what Nick's getting at is like for Nick, he has to compel, he has to, he has to uh, communicate a compelling vision to get people to volunteer to show up at his church. And so the same thing, you, you, com you communicated a compelling vision for them to get on your team at some point. And so I would go back to that vision. Hey, 
what was it that caused you to go, man, I want to be a part of this? And what's causing you to go, no, nah, it's not that big a priority for me now. Does that make sense? I mean, just go back to vision. And, you know, Nick said this. Uh, one of the things I will tell pastors is we choose who we lose. Um, so as a pastor, if I cater to the people that are cranky all the time, then the people that I want around are going to leave. But if I, if I spend time with the people that are healthy and vibrant and have a future um, and have kingdom potential, then maybe I'm going to lose some cranky people. That sounds like a net win to me, you know, but I get to pick who sticks around and who leaves. And so, you know, same thing for you. You get to choose who you lose. And yeah, you might lose some people, but uh, if you're investing in the right people, it's going to be better. So, yeah, I think Bob had his hand at first. So, and age before beauty. So Bob first. Um, this time of the year, I find myself dragging myself out into the garden to prune my blueberry bushes back so they'll be more fruitful. And it's something I absolutely hate doing because I have to make these decisions on which branches are going to live and which branches are going to die. That's so good. But the reality is that if I don't prune them, everything suffers. They aren't going to produce the way that they could. And I found that this is really a principle that applies to life, that if I'm not willing to prune anything, mm -hmm. I end up sacrificing the potential. And there are times when I've had to prune relationships, I've had to prune activities, things that I love doing. I've had to prune ministry opportunities that were really good opportunities with a lot of potential, yeah. uh, knowing that there would be more fruitfulness and more production if I kept my focus. And so, but the problem with it is that it's not conscience friendly. Uh, we often live by the conscience and we feel guilty when we prune. That's so good. And so I, I think sometimes we've got to get at those root issues and figure out what they are as we make those decisions. Yeah, that's so good. I, yeah. You should write a book. <laughs> Michael. Um, so you touched on, on the fact that you like to work ahead of schedule. So I just want you to, to speak a little bit more about why you do that and like what benefit that's brought you by being able to be ahead of the game that way. Because I think that so many people who tend to say they're busy all the time are also working on the next deadline like yeah. each time. And so we talked a little bit about the benefit of being ahead of schedule. Yeah, Mark, did you want to respond to that? I'll let Mark talk first and I'll come back in a second. Go ahead, Mark. Always remember if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Mm-hmm. Look ahead. Always be the retroactive, or the, I should say proactive, not reactive. Yeah. I do not like to work under pressure. I hate working under pressure. But I've worked for bosses who, we got to do this. we got to take care of it. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was miserable because you maybe not had the right people for the job, which made your job more stressful. And I've worked for the guy say, hey, this has to happen in two days. This happens to happen in three. So you could plan the people, equipment, whatever for the job. It was so nice. It was, a, it, was a, it was a breath of fresh air. So always be looking ahead. And like Mel said, there are those things that catch fire, and you've mm -hmm. got to put that fire out, and it's urgent. But not necessarily is it always. Yeah. Yeah. So anybody else? Yeah. It's good to see you tonight, too. Um, I think something in the job that I'm currently in, the first year was very frustrating. It's in a position where I'm an organization. I have a lot of people to – coordinate their actions, and I struggle. Here, if you don't mind, tell everybody what you do. So I run the ROTC program out at IUP. Um, I've been in the military for going on 30 years, and so my, my experience at this point has been in varying levels and in different relationships at in every level from managing 40 folks up to several thousand. Um, 
in this position, being it's, it's different, I've gotten very used to being in positions that while they could get very varied in what we're doing at the time, typically it's more of a, a weekly battle rhythm. I'd say I've gotten very familiar. Um, Lori would know exactly what's likely to happen in the week and when, when it will follow. I struggled here because it just doesn't follow a weekly battle rhythm for a lot of reasons. And then it finally dawned on me that we follow an annual battle rhythm. Hmm. And so once I sort of dawned on me what that things would be cyclical, yeah. that I needed to view it from a, a, a yearly lens. And then once I did that, I was able to create some structure to what my expectations would be for my people yeah. um, so that they could plan accordingly. They would know when I'm more likely to freak out if you're walking through my door at any time of the day mm -hmm. and create what I, I would consider a high up-tempo, medium or low. And then also give them predictability one day I would – they could come to me and be looking for time off. And again, not going to be resistant to it. They could plan ahead. And so for me, it helped to really kind of organize the time of, of being real about what sort of battle rhythm I'm working with. And I think yeah. it's probably true in some, some other ways as well. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, I'll tell you this, Michael. For me personally, and again, my context is the church. Um, I see churches all the time. I get to spend time with pastors a lot. And uh, so many pastors um, are working under the pressure that Sunday is coming, that they're just managing toward this next weekend. And what happens is, and I think you'll understand this no matter what your context is, it's so easy to work in the business but not on the business. So we're, the church is going to stay open. They're going to preach this next weekend, but they're not doing anything big picture to move the ball down the field. And that's the danger we fall into if we're just managing day-to-day -day and just moving station-to-station and just managing weekend-to-weekend. And so for me personally, what I have to do is, um, you know, like with sermon prep, I know every Sunday I'm going to have to preach. And I've, I've got great friends that I swear to you, they don't prep their messages until Saturday night. And, and because they're the guys that go, I work better under pressure. And I've tried to tell them, no, you don't. Yeah, you work better when you're not under pressure. If you do this good under pressure, think how good you do if you planned a week out. And so uh, for us, the benefit of working ahead is it just gives you more margin for creativity. It gives you more margin uh, for error, you know, like, oh, hey, I can mess up you know, if I've got a week left. But if I've got a, an hour left, it gives me less room to be imperfect. Um, so even like this last weekend, if you attend Summit, I changed my messages around. There was a message that I'm scheduled to preach three weeks from now. But because I'd worked ahead, that message was ready, and I was able to go, you know what, I'm slotting that in this week. I'm ready. I want, we need to preach it now. It's more timely for right now. And so it just gave me the ability to do that. Um, it gives our team more ability to be creative. If we know, hey, here's what's coming up six months from now, a year from now, it gives them the ability to go, hey, here's some things we might think about doing to help. Um, you know, if, if the message is important, how can we reinforce the message? If the vision is important, how can we, you know, and so it just helps us have more room to be creative, to be better, to be more excellent. Um, and again, I, I've never, um, I'll give you an example. My former church, it was a big church. I mean, thousands. We had about 6,000 at the location I managed that I oversaw. And uh, my pastor, I'm not exaggerating, I would get phone calls at 10 o'clock on Saturday night, and he would say, hey, you need to call the creative team. We're starting a new series tomorrow. I need a graphic. This is the title of my message. And so literally, I would have to call the creative team at 10.20 or 10.15 after I begged him not to, like, hey, let's start it next week, you know. And so I'd call him, guys, I'm so excited. You know, we're starting a new series. Man, you, the good news is you've got 10 hours to come up with a graphic, you know. Uh, and so... 
that just leaves no room because at that point they can't be creative. They're just going, okay, well, what can we make? I've got this in the can. Let's just throw this on there. And, and so I think it just is healthier for the organization. It's healthier for the leader. It takes the pressure off me, everything. Um, so I don't know if I answered that question exhaustively enough. So we got a few more minutes. Any other questions, guys? Yeah, Sam. You're good. Um, so I'm someone who is like, I thrive last minute, even in college, yeah. like professors would say like, you can't work on this the night before and it'd be successful and I would manage it and get like an A. That's yeah. just like my brain like works under pressure. So I'm very not type A in mm -hmm. any way, shape or form. I hate lists, they like stress me out. So I didn't know if there was anybody else in the room who's like very anti-type A, not organized at all and like I guess tips that the, you have that help you be more productive and more better at managing your time. I don't know if there's anyone else like that. I think Nick wants to answer. Become more type A. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was thinking that, but you're her no, husband. I can't I say that. Yeah. Like that <laughs> yeah, Christy? Yeah, that's definitely like you're describing me. Whenever Mel said you can't work well under pressure, that's the only way I can work. Like if I know I have too much to do something and I think about like I'll just think about it for the first month and a half mm -hmm. and then I'll be like, oh, I should get started. And then the day before I can knock it out and I'm successful, but I feel like I'm also just lucky that I can do that. Um, but so I also feel like I have so many different fires to put out all the time. And so what I do is I'll set an alarm on my phone and say, I have 10 minutes to deal with this and then I'm moving on. And it helps mm -hmm. me like make it through the day without stressing out about my list. So, yeah, you know, and I, I didn't mention an app earlier to you guys. Uh, I downloaded an app that I still use some, I don't use it as much as I did. It's called focus keeper. And it has a timer on it that uh, basically what it encourages you to do is do one task uninterrupted for this long. And then you, you work this long and then you can take a break. And, and it's amazing how productive I was whenever I would do that. So if I knew I've got a, a message to prep or I've got a talk to write or whatever it was, I could set that and work through it. So that's, you know, something like that was, has been great for me because, you know, I'm trying to manage all these different interruptions and schedules. Um, anybody else have any feedback for Sam as far as being a procrastinator? Do you like to be? Uh, no, that's a bad word. I mean, she, I like it. <laughs> I always, I don't know, I get things done. So anybody else have some feedback for Sam? Maybe you're in that same boat, tips you do. Everybody else, can I just, everybody else is saying, just be more type A. That's yeah. what everybody's saying. <laughs> we agree with Nick. I'm just kidding. Pray for me. Like, type A. <laughs> No, and, and even with our staff that, that tend to put things off, you know, I've had that conversation with them like, yeah, you pulled it off and it was great. Think how much better it would have been if you would have started earlier. And I'm like, well, I know, and, but I get it, I get it. So what else? Questions? Yeah. Depending on how long TJ goes, this might be the last one. I'll, I, I've been looking at my clock trying to, Okay. I'll make it short, that's fine. <laughs> um, so managing interruptions is something I'm struggling with heavily. Uh -huh. um, in, in the winter, I work for a landscaping company. So in the winter, you know, this winter especially, we're like we're not plowing snow, so we're working on the company, which mm -hmm. is awesome. But um, we also have like one room office. There's four or five people working in there, mm -hmm. and um, like when when picking on him again, when Luke has something he's working on, suddenly everyone else has to work on it at the same time. Um, are, are are you like that, or are you like me in this situation? Okay, okay. <clears throat> anyway, so, like, um, I got my to-do list. I'm working through it. And when I look at the end of the day, it ended up being double the size as when I started. Yeah. And I only got half of 
it done? Um, and so, like, how can I, and, like, I, I don't have a door to shut. I don't have another office to go to. Like, how can I manage those interruptions in that? Like, I've already talked to Luke about this, so, mm -hmm. like, I'm, I'm trying to work on communicating that. Mm -hmm. um, but what other things can I do? Um, and, it, like, anything maybe you haven't said that maybe could apply there? Yeah. Anybody have any feedback for TJ? Thoughts? Brian, you got a big smile on your face. Do you want to say something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, for the sake of for the sake of Luke listening to the podcast, Ryan said you're the best boss ever, Luke. That's what he said. Uh, <laughs> anybody have feedback for TJ as far as? Yeah, earbuds. It, was that it? Just earbuds? Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's hard when it's your boss that's. Well, and like, you know, you have to direct the resolution of it. Yeah. Hey, everyone, I'm working on this problem. Yeah, what do you Here think about? Like, yeah. Yeah. It is. And that's the thing. It's his, it's his world, so you're living in it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know that there's a whole lot you can do. I think that's the conversation you have. If the ever gets, it comes back to why aren't you as productive as I'd like you to be, and it's not, it's not that you go it's your fault, but it's that's where you go. Well, listen, you know what? I, this is what I got done, but this is what got added to my to-do list, and you know I don't know how to reconcile that very well. Um, and so at some point, you can't control it, you know, to some degree. If your boss is <laughs> putting stuff on your plate, yeah. Sorry. Wah, wah. I think we got time for one. Did you have something else for that, Sue? Go ahead. I've done this and I've had this done to me with direct reports. They will ask me, well, now that I have this, which takes priority, this or this? Mm -hmm. That's good. So I've asked that question too. Hey, I need you to work on this. Okay, I can do that. Do you want me to set this aside now or is this still yeah. the lead? That's so great. That's, great that's something that I've had asked to me and that I've asked myself. So I love that, that, that has helped. Yeah, that's gold. Yeah. That's right. Um, uh, 7.59, yeah, we're done with questions. So I'm going to stick around when we dismiss here in a second. If you want to talk or if you've got questions or you want to tell me how stupid I am, I'm happy to visit with you uh, when we're done. Uh, let me just pray over you before we're dismissed. Guys, again, I want you to know something. If you're, if you're sitting in this room, if you're listening to this podcast, you are a leader. Um, don't let anyone tell you you're not. You are a leader. So thank you for growing your leadership. Thank you for getting better. Um, and for those of you who are listening online, share it with somebody that uh, needs to hear it. But I just want you guys to know I appreciate you being here and growing your leadership. Let me pray over you and we'll go. God, thanks so much for the, the people in this room. Thank you for the organizations they represent. Thank you for uh, the, the families they represent. Thank you for the, the, the people they are and the leaders you've made them to be. God, I pray that you would help them grow their leadership. God, help them lead others well. But God, I pray that it would help uh, begin with them leading themselves well. Lord, I pray that you would help them uh, just prioritize well, prioritize what's important to them, what's valuable to them, and what's going to mean the most to them. So God, I pray that you'd help them guard their hearts, guard their own personal health, 
um, emotional, spiritual, physical, so that uh, they can lead well in all areas. So God, thank you for these folks. Thank you for uh, who they are, and I pray you bless them as they leave tonight. Give them a great week. In your name we pray. Amen. Guys, I love you. appreciate you. Have a wonderful night.